Hey everyone, Eric Doman here and welcome back to the Pro Series Podcast. This is episode 36 with Adam Ramsey Miller. Adam is a veteran who flips historic homes in his town. He tells me a lot about different projects he's done throughout the years, but one in particular one that you need to listen to is he has bought a home that's about to be condemned and he's going to move it across town so he could flip. You can see all of these projects that he's flipping on his TikTok where he has almost 1.7 million followers. So make sure you go follow him. And before I start the episode, make sure you head over to wherever you listen to podcasts, like, subscribe, and follow this podcast. And now I hope you enjoy episode 36 with Adam Ramsey Miller. Thank you, Adam, so much for joining me today on the Pro Series podcast. Excited to talk to you about your experience um, and what you're doing right now. Yeah, thanks for having me. So I first, I like to talk about a little bit how I found my guest. I found you on my For You page on TikTok. Um, I think it was that house that had the snake in the wall. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's what, and then I started following you on Instagram, and it just went down here from there. I literally watched every single TikTok. <laughs> so I would, I would tell you that's like isolated, like all my houses don't have snakes. Which is true, but they all have like unique problems and issues. That particular house not only had a snake, it had like grenades and just like crazy things going on. I mean, for a little background for some of the people that don't know what we're talking about, you renovate extremely old homes. Um, So So I'm in a niche of where I only renovate homes like pre-50s. So I'll go into the 50s, like, you know, late 50s. But okay. anything before that, and especially if they've been like quarter style, um, I love abandoned homes. They don't, uh, sometimes we don't even have electric panels like on the house. And so we're doing everything. We've got solar generators. All my stuff is like Milwaukee batteries, like six amp hour stuff. Um, we're like, it's the fun stuff. Like, I don't know. People will be like, I hate old houses. And I'm like, that's the most fun of all things you could do is, is restore and get into it. And especially as an artist. So like I went to art school and uh, so people will, they think old houses are ugly and I find like so much beauty in them. Like, like I'll walk in and just the way the sun like hits, you know, the broken glass and like, you know, peeling up old carpet and seeing, you know, these beautiful hardwoods, even though they look terrible, you know, they're going to look beautiful once, you know, you put a little sandpaper to them. Oh yeah, and it's really cool. It shows that the test of time. It's the house is still standing, which a lot of people they don't make houses like that anymore. They don't put the attention into like, like it's it's funny because when I'm working on these houses, like everything is like this close to me, and sometimes like I really have to back up because I'm I'm focusing on so many little details, and I think that's what they did back in the day is they would you know, all the trades, they would like work on, on this specific thing, give all the love and attention to it. And I think that's kind of what differentiates what I do versus like somebody that just rolls in and they're throwing LVP vinyl flooring on the ground, yeah. painting everything gray, you know, tossing in some Ikea cabinets and like vinyl countertops or, you know, even level one countertops and calling it, you know, a, a complete restoration. Yeah. And we like, I mean, we go on the hunt, we're searching architectural salvage and like, especially these houses, when you go after abandoned houses, these are houses people toss aside 
or they remodeled incorrectly because you know they were just trying to fill a need you know at the time like it could be an older woman and like you know i've got a house right now where uh you know we're pulling up the the vinyl and there's luon so it's perfectly preserved wood floors under this luon but that was just easier for her mobility is to not deal with refinishing floors and so these things that are convenient to people rip the character out of the house so my job is i bring it back oh yeah it's probably interesting seeing like like you said like ripping out flooring is flooring and probably wall covering to see the different generations of like the generations of people that lived in there um, I always found it interesting. I remember I had a uh, kitchen that I did, and they had nine levels of linoleum flooring, just different styles. Yeah, they couldn't get the dishwasher out and ended up being there's nine layers there. But it's cool to see, like, the different generations of style of flooring throughout that lived in that home, which you're probably seeing every day. Yeah, so, I mean, and I, I love being the guy, right? But didn't you love being the guy that, like, found the nine layers and like you got to be the guy that like gave the house back it's it's original yeah. just like streamlined like good floors like good solid floors yeah and uh you know it's I, I work on houses that are built in the 1900s and uh you know it's challenging because we have to do everything to code if we touch it and pull it out it's all to code and mm-hmm. code back then there wasn't code right so it was just these guys were were trusted that they could build a solid house and they learn from a guy that taught a guy that taught a guy. And yeah. a lot of code is based on the teaching that, that these people did. So mm-hmm. in the South, we don't have like sills up until like the late seventies of North. They never, that would ne- not have occurred because you know, all the moisture and, uh, and air that can come through it and draft. And yeah. so it, it wasn't as big of a deal here. And so you see that a lot. And if you show that to people like, on tiktok or camera these trade guys will like hammer you they'd be like what are you doing and it's a repair and you have to repair it you know the way the house is and so it's it's fun and it's challenging well that's funny you say that um those who don't know you have you have 1.7 million followers on tiktok that's the reason how i found you i didn't know yeah it's crazy think about that many people are actually like watching every single video that you post and and I'll, I'll jump into this real quick. I, I, I like grew really fast. Right. And if it was slow and then it would speed up and then slow down and speed up. And then I would start obsessing. Like when my videos do, didn't do well, I started obsessing. Okay, yeah. And so after a while, I was just really stressed out about obsessing over, you know, my TikToks were doing well. So then I started just obsessing over like how much, like how much can I grow like how much can I build a portfolio and really like challenge myself and do these amazing before and afters, because that's really what, you know, what I'm inspired by, what I want to see. So that's, those are the things I'm going to aim to show people is just like, you know, how do we do the best craftsmanship and not worry about, Hey, look, here's a crazy thing. Can we have some views? You know, because that gets like, and what happens is, you make the same content over and over because you're like, okay, I did this thing and went viral. Let me make the exact same thing. And it does. And that's like addicting. And so it's a real challenge to be like, okay, how do I give my like people that actually care about me and like, you know what I mean? Support me content that is going to 
benefit them or their lives or they're going to share with a buddy or a friend or a wife or a husband. And so that's like, that's the trouble with like growing really fast. But I think like I caught it and now I'm just like 1.7 is cool. If I don't get another follower and I can just keep those people, you know, coming back. I mean, that's like, that's the dream, right? Oh yeah. And that's, I mean, you that's the up- average show on HGTV is one point. million viewers yeah Yeah, you're creating your own show right now (laughs) that's one thing about social media i feel like a lot of people don't talk about like once you start getting that following you kind of stress that you're going to lose that following um your 15 minutes are fleeting right this old Andy warhol saying in the future everybody will be on tiktok and get 15 minutes of fame what makes you start your tiktok okay so I actually had, uh, I have a print shop and I have nephews or cousins. I don't know. It's my wife's like second cousins or nephews. I don't know. They're younger than her. <laughs> so they're young. And so yeah. they were like, Hey, Adam, you should do a TikTok for the shop. And so we were doing just like a print shop TikToks. Right. And they were like, just like stupid things around the shop. And the pandemic hit, and I was like, oh, I got to close up my shop, right? A lot of people, this happened to them. And so I was like, oh, let me show everybody what I'm doing. We're, we're buying my wife's family home. And like, boom, like I gained like 20, 30,000 followers. And I'm like, all right, I went back to the stuff. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, look, here it is again. Boom, followers, like views and all this stuff. And I was like, I've always wanted to document this, but my wife, she didn't really love the idea of like showing the nitty gritty. And I do, I show the nitty gritty. Yeah. You know? And uh, and I said, if we buy this house, because, you know, it's a big undertaking, <laughs> I have to be able to document it. And she's like, okay, fine. And then, so we're posting these things. We're buying it from our parents who, you know, are a little older and they were a little embarrassed. They came, they came along, you know, but like, you know, it was, it was, it was a little bit personal. And so, uh, I kind of like was, re- you know, I was reserved about jumping into opening up every aspect of my life because I'm not a public guy. You know, I'm just a print shop owner in Concord, North Carolina. Yeah. And, but people really responded to the house. And after a while, you know, it was, it was easy. I could be like, Hey, look, this is my wife's family home. We're fixing it up. And uh, I could get automatic views. And then I was like, well, you know, I want to grow as, a carpenter as you know doing contract work and all this stuff which I don't do for other people but I mean like as far as doing it for myself and I really want to dive into these old houses fix them up and then what happened was I thought I was getting a tv show like it looked like very like we we went through the whole deal right like oh, it was okay. it was within the grass right and so yeah. I started looking and I was like okay I gotta get some houses right and then I figured it out while I was, while I was casting, cause I was like, they're going to want a lot of houses. Right. Yeah. So right now I technically own like, I'd say four houses, like four old houses. Um, and I bought one, like just because I did the research and I was like, Hey, it's not that hard. Like I could flip a house. And so, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's all I do is I put all my energy into these houses and, and so we just finished one. We're going to finish up another one, like a month and a half. And then I got one rolling as soon as the one I'm in now closes, I got another one rolling right behind that one. And so I've gotten really good at like all this stuff that I want, like really high detail in I'm on it. I'm doing it. 
you know, working with the foundation, like doing all the cool stuff. And then I'll bring in guys for like sheetrock and, and like electrical and plumbing, because that's where, you know, I'm just going to, especially with code stuff. I can't really, I can't mess around with that stuff. No, you don't. So want we got to bring in those guys. Yeah. Do you find it hard to constantly create content when you're trying to flip the house? Like you just want to keep working and get this house flipped. Do you find it hard to like actually set time aside and video record everything? I don't record everything. So like <laughs> the last two weeks, I haven't recorded much because it's all like nitpicky little things. Right. And I'm like, Hey, look, I forgot the doorstop. I forgot, you know, this, that, I did do something cool and I meant to film and I just didn't. It was reglazing a tub, which was, it turned out amazing. But I was like, let me do it. And if I mess it up, then next time, because I'm not big on like somebody being like, hey, I've never done this before. Watch my DIY tutorial on this thing I YouTube five minutes ago. So I always (laughs) like things. I usually don't do tutorials because there's a billion ways to do things. And, you know, there's so much of that out there. And I'm really more about showing like the creative vision from A to B and not like all the stuff in between. But sometimes I do if I think it's important and I'm like, hey, listen, this is why we did this. It was really like a dramatic thing. If you don't do it, you're screwed. I mean, if it's like a PSA, then I'll then I'll throw it out there. But a lot of what I'm doing is like, you know, just fast movements. And then, you know, it's, it's people can enjoy the before and after and seeing me kind of work on it and not like, you know, like, a, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to tell someone the wrong thing and be responsible for like them replumbing their house and flooding their house. Yeah. You know, like, Hey, shark bites are great. Put shark bites on everything. And then like they have a water fountain in their their wall. Yeah. And they're blaming you in the comments and then everybody follow you. Do you, um, so these are all, you're all doing the construction work on your own house. You're not doing this for other people, correct? No, I only do it on houses. I, um, and like I said, I've got, we're actually starting another project on this house. This is my 1906, like, um, it's a colonial revival, Greek revival home. And they actually, it looks identical to a Sears home called the Magnolia, but it's technically not. But a lot of the parts and some of the plans were like derivatives of that led to the Sears home because they didn't start selling that till like 1909. But like a company made all of our parts, you know, for the, you see the the columns out there? Yeah. So that was, I okay. think it was called like, I don't remember the name of the company. It's like Super something. And it threw me off because I was like, they were using Super back then. But it was like Super Systems or Super. Anyway, they ended up making all the kits for Sears. And they made a lot of the parts for my house. Uh, okay. Very cool. But So I've got this house. I've got the mill house. Uh, I've got a house in Kannapolis, North Carolina. I've got it a house that I bought for four grand that I'm actually cutting into four pieces and moving out into the country. Um, and and then I've got another house down the road. That's, that's a two, it's, I think it's my first like two story flip that I'm not like moving down the road. Um, it's crazy. You did that. Jeez. I haven't done it yet. So it's, it's a big example. So that's a lot of money. Um, and you don't really guarantee that all four pieces are going to make it so it's one hundred and fifteen thousand dollars just to move so that's not including the prep to move it that's not including the land and the services but you think about a 32 3400 square foot house like what does that cost to build 
and you know you're saving so it was an old farmhouse and now it's in the middle of downtown and everything grew up around it there's a big brewery next to it there's a lot and they want to tear it down and build apartment complexes and i mean there's nothing wrong with growth but what do you do to preserve the history charm and, and character of a small city small town yeah. That is literally the reason that people are coming here and you strip it away so that people can come here. It just doesn't, it yeah. doesn't equate to me. So my goal is like people that want a new home, like, can I provide a house with character, keep the charm of the community and these, these neighborhoods, and then they still feel safe, comfortable and have a place to go. That's very cool. Will you be documenting that whole process of moving it? All of it. Yeah. So yeah. now that now that the millhouse is out of the way, I mean, that was an eight month process. Like people don't even realize I spent four months on the structure of that house because it was so bad. I mean, we jacked up the entire backside of the house. We lost 200 square feet in the porch because they considered that living space because they just like framed it in with OSB, like trash wood. And uh, so then I did a hundred square foot addition and like, I mean, it was it was a it was an undertaking. And so I sort of stalled out on TikTok a little bit as far as like, there's only so many times I can show like a house gutted, you know what I mean? And then it wasn't a big house and like, I knew it was going to look grand, but until I could, I could like put a before and after on TikTok, mm-hmm. you know, people were just like, what is this crazy guy? He's just like walking around hammer and nails and like old, <laughs> like old, like termite ridden beams, man. This is yeah. crazy. What, um, obviously you didn't, did, did you mean to get the success that you've had or did it kind of just, just happen? I'd say a little of both. I mean, I definitely, when I started growing, started treating it more, uh, I was putting time and energy that I normally put into my business into, into that. Right. And so I had to offset that by hiring people to, you know, take on the load of some of the work that I wasn't able to accomplish anymore. Yeah. And so honestly, my print shop, it's fully sufficient. I mean, I go in every day, you know, in the morning, check in, um, roll out and I'll, you know, I'll come in and out, check on things, talk to clients over the phone. But I mean, I have a great staff and I've just been extremely lucky to kind of be able to still have that because that's more important because it just means so much to have like a small town print shop. I mean, to me, that's like, this is part of my character. And, uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about the print shop and how it started. You, I know you said off camera or actually on the camera that you were an art student at a time. So that probably stemmed from you starting the print shop. Okay, so this story is it's actually like how I got into like restoring historic homes and the print shop at the same time. So when Jessica, my wife and I were getting married, we love old houses, right? We really wanted old houses we were looking in the art district in charlotte and like all over the place which we should have bought down there because we would have made a killing but this was still very early and we didn't want to be far from our family so her dad had a, a rental property that he hadn't really used in a long time but it didn't have a roof like on the back side of it right okay. and so i put a roof on the back of it like watch i watched like half the youtube video on this thing right and i went to the hardware store and i was like hey i'm putting a roof on it here's how big the roof is and they like delivered all this stuff. And so I put in the roof was inspected like a year ago and passed and like, like it's still good roof. Um, and so we lived in that house and uh, 
there was a like a a garage next door and the owner of that garage allowed me to use it to screen print in. And so I literally had to run a drop cord from this house that we were renovating in exchange for like rent. Basically we we're making it put a new roof on a new kitchen and all this different stuff. And, uh, and so I was learning how to restore historic homes over here. And then over here, I was actually learning to screen print like drop cord, just like, I mean, I was like out, in 30 degree weather like like washing out screens like freezing just you know going at it and so I actually as I grew that business we would sell houses you know fix them up sell them and then I'd move my shop bigger shop you know get new equipment and and I kind of like parallel like grew in both aspects of my life and so they kind of were like born in the same place at the same time so it's kind of cool that's very cool but anyways the the print shop's awesome spot. Um, it's fully automatic. We've got five staff members. There's like graffiti everywhere. Like really like, you know, what you would expect like as a, your town go-to print shop. Yeah. It's cool. It's got a cool vibe. That's so that's the first business you started. I had an art gallery before that. And then oh, I closed yeah. that down because, you know, I opened the art gallery while I was in college during a recession uh-huh. And just, it was time to, to to go and do the next thing. And so I was actually in the Marine Reserves during uh, when we moved into the house and I started my screen printing business. Very cool. Yeah, well, th- yeah, I was going to mention that Marine veteran. Thank you for your service and everything you've done with that. Love hearing that. Um, and so when you started, um, wh- where are you located again? Concord, North Carolina. So we're north of Charlotte. We're like a oh, you're like a sleeper city. Like a lot of people work in Charlotte, but like live here because yeah. you know, the quality of life is just very high. We're yeah. the number sixteenth fastest growing city in America. Last time I checked, and we were just HGTV's number three quaintest cities uh, in America. Dang. So I mean, <laughs> I love hearing those statistics. Like, like they say that about my town too. But like what you said when you're moving that house. What was that? I said we we have pride, man. We love yeah. we love you know, kind of being a part of a community, like walking down the street and like, you know, like w- the mayor came over to one of my flip houses the other day. You know, just dropped in. Okay. Uh, he's also my landlord, so I had to give him a, a rent check, like for for my shop. But so how do you feel about your city growing? And I mean, obviously, you're helping restore these old historic homes that make your city the way they are now but as people um cities grow they're building these a very modern very um kind of they're not destroying the culture of the city but they're destroying like the history i guess of the city how does that make you feel um not alone i mean i think i think it's inevitable right so i think the growth is if a city is doing things well if if, if you have things going on that, you know, people like me and other people are doing that are, that are affecting the city positive, then you're going to attract people. And it's, it's a little bit of both. You want to attract people, you want to have cool stuff, right? You can't do, you can't attract people and have cool stuff. You know, I mean, you have to do both. Like you can't just do one. Right. Yeah. And so it's, it's a fine line. I mean, you, you have to, try to influence the the landscape of the city even with 
I guess, outside forces kind of pushing in because um, they're going to they're going to be more successful. They've got more money. They've got, you know, even like the landscape of our city. They hired an architect that wanted a really modern structure to stand out in a positive way. So they built a glass concrete structure in a very, you know, uh, Victorian and, and, and early 1900s town. So to me, that's like insane. Like I, I just can't, I can't get on board with a, something that looks like Elon Musk, you know, built space station, you know, downtown. Um, but it's going to happen. And so I think that's why it's so important for people like me and people like friends of mine to save old mills and these buildings and, you know, the old training centers and, and it, it kind of all has to be there. And there's, I mean, there's no point in, in completely saying, you know, it all has to be restoration or preservation, but in order like to keep attracting the people that we're attracting and to keep having that town, there has to be a balance of preservation. And, and I mean, like the neighborhoods I'm going in, they're old mill neighborhoods. So the mill actually built a lot of these neighborhoods and people come in they'll just completely wipe, clear them out yeah. and they'll have all these vinyl covered new builds. And so it's really important to me to, to go back to the, to the classic materials, the, the things that give these houses their uh, special charm and feel, even if we're putting it back and it wasn't there originally, we're using materials, we're using architectural salvage, we're using processes that would have been used when the house was built. So, you know, we're, we're really preserving it. And, and people will be like, why does it matter? And like on my desk, I have this can, right? I found this in the wall of the mill house. And the story is, right. There was a, a little girl in the seventies, right. And she, every day she would walk to her father's store and she would get, a sun drop, which is like a local, we can those here in Congo forever. It's like a big deal. And she would get a lemon and she would sit on the porch that was later enclosed and like looked like a murder dungeon. And she would drink a sun drop and she would put sugar on a lemon and eat it. Right. And I know this story because the, the girl is now a woman and she stopped by to tell me how much, you know, people and how much love was in the house and how much it means that, you know, people will be able to experience those, you know, emotions and, and things within those walls. So, I mean, what we're doing, like, does matter to people, you know, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's sentimental. It might seem, seem like it doesn't have value, but, you know, this is one of the most valuable things in here. Oh, yeah, that's very cool. Um, one of the, I saw on TikTok one time, someone renovating a house and they put something in the walls or in the floor or something yeah, I do, that. Every, yeah. do you still do that yeah yeah so i'll write a little note like on the sheetrock back side of the sheetrock um one time i put in a board that i just went live and then people were be like put my name on the board and i'll just like put their name on the board and it's inside oh, of wall somewhere yeah. yeah so i mean somebody's gonna open that up and be like who's you know sugar plums 187 you know? <laughs> that simple thing that's so cool. Yeah. So that the conversation we were just having with the city changing, becoming new again, is that how you got into the whole re changing or flipping homes and wanting to make them bring them to the for former glory? Yeah, I don't like I don't like the way that uh, some people flip houses and, and especially old houses. And I just I always 
I didn't want to be a guy that just complained about it. I mean, I was very passionate about it. I, I thought, you know, historic homes should be handled a certain way. And I'm not just going to yell at people to do it. So I jumped in and I'm like, I'm going to do it, you know, and I'm going to set an example. And maybe people will expect this out of flippers, right? Because I hate saying the word flippers because I think of, you know, lipstick on a pig and just, you know, it feels like a very dirty word. And I like, I like, you know, restoration, preservation, but I am making money on these homes and I'm buying them to flip them. And it's, you know, I'm still in that crew. I just, I would like people within there or new people to come in that see that you can, you know, give the the house its character back. You can make it safe. You can, you know, still make money on it. And those are things people say you can't do. Yeah. And I cheat a little bit. I do cheat a little bit because I have sponsors that will give me items that make my house look a little bit, you know, more polished. But yeah. Even if I didn't, I would find items that, that would do this. Yeah, and sometimes that's almost impossible. Is that hard to find materials that are, I mean, some of these materials, like people were making like old craftsman houses, strictly like all this custom woodwork would cost a fortune. You would not make anything on the house. Is that hard to read? No, yeah, I mean, and, and you can do architectural salvage. There's, there's, people are giving that stuff away basically these days. I mean, especially some of these cities where they just don't know what to do and, and they'll, the house will get flagged by code enforcement and they don't have the money to fix it up. The town will actually tear down the house, you know, <clears throat> but there's instances like that. You can come in and, and pick stuff out. You know, we've got actually the reason that I decided to move the house is because we were going to salvage out of it. And I just walked through it and I was like, my buddy grew up in this house. It was an old, like one of the original farmhouses in town. And like, it killed like it literally was like killing me i was like what do i how do i save it and the guy was like i gotta build apartments here i got 500 apartments going here and i'm like there's got to be something and so i started researching moving houses and you know it's doable it's it's tricky it's dangerous um but i think we're gonna pull it off yeah i can't wait to see that and good luck with that all i hope nothing but the best with that yeah me too uh, yeah, that's gonna be really cool though when if when it's done um but yeah yeah thank this has been real i've never had someone that restored homes mostly people flipping homes which i see and definitely um i think the market is more suitable for people that are flipping homes just because of the way materials are right now yeah um, so that's i that's the main reason i wanted you on here because i'm like you're doing amazing work and restoring them to and, and I respect, listen, anybody that is like providing homes to people right now, as hard as it is, because the, and people are like, well, flippers are dirty, but they are going out and they're getting homes that nobody was living in uh, mm-hmm. most of the time, right? Like these homes are either, like they're just sitting vacant. So I'll buy from some, uh, you know, guys that go out and search for houses and they'll bring the old ones to me because apparently a lot of people, they don't want the old ones, but um it just wasn't, I think there's, there's room for everybody because there are people that would only want that very like Ikea over renovated historic home, right? They don't want what I'm doing because, you know, I've got, I pulled the old built-in, you know, out of a farmhouse and stuck it in the mill house. And some people, some people would be like, why do you leave that? I didn't leave it. I brought it. Like we have people look at the mill house and they're like, 
there's an old tub in here. Like you said, you've renovated it. I'm like, that is a 1929 American standard, five foot six cast iron tub. They don't and make it. Literally, like, yeah, reglaze it. I was like, I'm only reglazing it tomorrow. We blocked out time and reglazed it. And it was just, what happened was workers like actually dropped nails in the tub while we were doing a flood test. So there were little rust marks. So it looked like, you know, to the average person, it was ruined. But to me, it's like, hey, let's polish it up. We're, it's a special item. Let's keep it in the house. Absolutely. Yeah, and I I definitely, there's definitely a persona of people saying flippers are dirty, but I think that's a small percentage, too, because they're, people are doing it like they're cutting corners in like ways that they shouldn't be, and it's going to destroy the families that are in that home because they're going to have to fix it down the road. But there's people that are doing it correctly and making it look new, which is totally fine. It's kind of where you want to go. And we we do it correctly. We make it look new. But I mean, these old houses, like even like as as like tight eyed as we can get. I mean, there's little things that like like I had a home inspector say there's no uh, what was it? There's no uh, hangers on 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 some of these joists and i'm like yeah there's no hangers on a joist on the house that's been there since 1900 yeah we didn't like i think they're okay i think they're staying they're not going yeah. anywhere those are all right but i mean it's and that that's tricky too is is with with code as being as strong as it is and then like you know these old houses it's it's that's the tough part yeah and and stay in code exactly i want to finish up on like you said when you're starting your tiktok page you're a private person you didn't like really want to put a lot out there what's some advice you would give to someone that wants to start a page or and exactly like this they're private they don't want to put a lot out there um and what they should do or how they could create their mindset to thinking that they could make something really big like you have I mean, it's crazy because like people like they're these personality types, right? And they're like yours and the things that you're doing, like I'll, I'll talk to people all the time. Like you should make a TikTok on this. Like, why are you not like the guy that delivers my flooring? Like I would watch him, you know? And he's like, wow, nobody watched that. I'm like, I would watch that, you know? And people that are interested in things like that, like we'll watch it. So it's, Oh yeah. My advice would be make things that you would share with your wife, make things that you would share with your buddy. You know, is it something that like, like would, would like hit you and, you know, be interesting to you. That's what your TikToks should be about. Right. And when you're doing it just like, Oh, I think people will like this. Right. I'm going to make it like th those people over there are probably going to be into it. They're going to hate it because it's, it's not authentic. Like, you know, what, what you're doing and, and you could, I mean, we follow people's lives on TikTok. That's what we're doing. I mean, it's oh yeah, it's FedEx guys, inspectors. I mean, there is no wrong person that can be like immersed in TikTok and is nitty gritty. Like it's okay. And uh, you know, I do Instagram just like I do TikTok, and I do pretty well on there because I think people are starting to be conditioned to like it doesn't always have to be the perfect filter and this and that as it used to be on Instagram. Yeah. Like throw a little bit like, Hey, this is, I'm screwed up. And that's okay. Because you are too. Like it's, you know, yeah. it's fine. 
Yeah, just like your own little reality show. And if it fulfills your creative outlook on life, like that's all that should matter. And I think if you stay consistent, you will get following and people that would like you and want to follow. Absolutely. It happens every time, you know? I mean, if you're consistent, if you're doing things that people that are like-minded with you will find interesting, there's nothing you can do but grow. I mean, there's there's no other option. Exactly. How, how long have you been doing this podcast? Uh, the podcast has been since the beginning of the year, but I've been doing these interviews since twenty early 2020. And how many followers did you have when you started doing the interviews? Ooh. Not as much as I have now. I don't right, know. But exact you, you found things interesting and you brought it to people that, are like-minded that's that's just the way that's the way the world works man yeah and i just do it just because i like talking to people that aren't in my bubble and not in my area and you know i talk to i mean our past probably wouldn't have crossed you know pennsylvania new north carolina are kind of close but there's no way this conversation would have happened if i didn't have this podcast so that's the main reason i do it well we appreciate it thank you for yeah thank you for coming on i want to end with give everybody all your social handles on tiktok instagram where they could follow you it's all old house adam so if you check out old house adam instagram youtube and tiktok um it'll pull me up and i just posted if you go on my instagram i just posted a 3d tour of our latest project and people are always asking me for paint colors and items that we use in the house. I've got links to everything and I've got all the paint colors on the walls. It's like really cool. I think everybody's gonna do that eventually. And like, especially when I'm pitching brands right now, I'm like, hey, also, if you give me this product on my next 3D scan, you will be your fridge right here. So yeah, that's perfect. I actually just watched that before we started this episode. That's really, really cool how you did it. It makes sense, man. Why would would you not like, and the cool thing is, is that's like a portfolio and something I can document in 3D. And especially, I don't know what's going on with the metaverse, but apparently people are in it already. And that's, you know, maybe maybe that'll have some use. Maybe somebody will live in my 3D scan one day. I don't know. Yeah, that's really it might cool. be NFT. Yeah, because pictures can sometimes be deceiving. So like in the future, when you're showing this to someone, they could actually literally walk through the house. That's pretty cool. It's gonna change. Yeah, it's got a boat where you can do like the glasses, like the the Oculus, and like actually like go through the house. That's really crazy, cool. man. Technology is weird. So weird. Nuts. <laughs> awesome, Adam. Thank you so much for coming on today. I um, out of your busy schedule renovating houses it means a lot to come on to the podcast. Hey, man. Thanks for having me, and uh, maybe we'll do this again once oh. I get if I ever get my TV show right. You can have me back on. Definitely. Promote it. Yep. All right. Awesome. Good luck. Stay in touch. Bye. All right. Bye.